And I was going to bring you a very interesting sermon this morning on Ephesians and the dividing wall between Jews and Gentiles. I'm sure you would have all been thrilled with that. But as I drove up on Friday night from England and arrived back on Saturday, I thought, well, we have a choice as a church. We can either ignore what's going on in the world, or actually we can have a chat about it and say, what does God's word say to us as God's people at this time? Uh, what is a Christian response to all that's going on? We're all talking about it. We're talking about it in our places of work with our friends and our family and our neighbors. And we're hearing all this information on the TV and there is a fear and a panic around and we understand that. What does God have to say to us at this time? Because God's word speaks into every situation. And I just love this picture uh, on the screen here or up there. I don't know if you can see it, but here is this lighthouse and there's this storm raging and these big waves. And I don't know if you can see right at the door here, there's just someone casually standing there, the lighthouse keeper, standing at the doorway, hands in his pockets, quite relaxed as the storm rages around him. And I thought that is a really good picture for us this morning uh, as we think about a potential Christian response uh, to all that is going on. I thought about the words of that great hymn, how firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord. Do you know that? We all know that hymn, don't we? How firm a foundation. Yeah, I won't sing anymore. But let me tell you the words uh, of the verses. As with a good hymn, it's got six verses. I'm going to read them all. It says this, How firm a foundation, ye saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled. Fear not, I am with thee. O be not dismayed, for I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand, upheld by my righteous, omnipotent hand. When through the deep waters I call thee to go, the rivers of sorrow shall not overflow. For I will be with thee thy troubles to bless and sanctify to thee thy deepest distress. When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie, my grace all-sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee, I only design thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. In down to old age, all my people shall prove my sovereign, eternal, unchangeable love. And then when gray hairs shall their temples adorn, like lambs they shall still in my bosom be born. The soul that on Jesus hath leaned for repose, I will not, I will not desert to his foes. That soul, though all hell, should endeavor to shake, I'll never, no, never, no, never forsake. That is the hope that I want you to cling on to this morning and think about. Here in 1 Corinthians 2, it says this, 
When I came to you, this is Paul, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. There's a lot of fear in society at the moment. We understand that from a pastoral response. We feel some of it ourselves. But one of the things that this virus is doing is showing up the shallow foundations on which many in our society have built their lives. We as Christians have something different that we are building our lives upon. We have that firm foundation. Our faith is built on Jesus Christ and what He has done on the cross. And as we look back through history, we know that there are times of war, there are times of pestilence that come to every generation. And God's Word tells us that these are opportunities for people to examine their own lives and their own hearts and to ask, what am I truly building my life upon? Am I truly building my life upon God or on something else. Times like this show to us our vulnerability and the fragility of life. And yet we have this great salvation hope. A hope not just for this life, but for the one to come. Think of Paul's words. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain easy for us as Christians to quote that. But is that actually the truth for us as Christians? As our society faces an unprecedented challenge, can we truly say, for me to live is Christ. And if I am to lose my life, to die is gain. I think first of all, we need to ask ourselves that question. Are we building on that form of foundation? Do we have that salvation hope? And then we know that this conversation is all around us. And actually, I think this provides us with an opportunity in ways never before to have those conversations with friends, with family, with loved ones, with people in the office about our own lives and what they are built on. If everyone else is in fear around us, and we're in the one in the office who's not panicking, who seems to have that hope, whose life seems to be grounded, that will bear witness. And there's an opportunity when people ask us, well, how can you stay calm at this time? To say that it's because of the Lord. It's because of the Lord. Job 14, 15 says this, a person's days are determined. You have decreed the number of his months and have set limits he cannot exceed. And Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, 
teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. It is God who calls us home. It is God who calls us home. He is the one who is sovereign over our lives. The days of our lives are not determined by the coronavirus or other things that might happen. It's God who determines that. We believe in the sovereignty of God over our lives. He is watching over us. He was the one who created us in our mother's womb. He is the one who has plans and purposes for our lives. And he knows when we're going to be called home again. And that should excite us to go to see the Lord. That's the eternal hope that actually we're excited to go and to be with Jesus. And we know that we're building our lives on that firm foundation, that our lives are in his hands. That doesn't mean that we're not wise in what we do, (laughs) but it means that our trust is in him. And then as I was thinking about this yesterday and putting together some thoughts for this morning, I thought about that fear, and that fear is real for all of us. Even as we're Christians, we're not immune to fear and anxiety. We know that, okay? Isaiah 26, verse 3 says this, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you who trust in you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are set on you, who trust in you. And the picture next to it says that peace is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God with us as we go through those troubles. We live with 24-hour news. It's easy to sit at home, even if you're self-isolating, watch 24-hour news and just see this virus getting closer and closer and closer to you. And there's lots of things that can cause us fear and there's lots of things that can cause us panic. But we're called to set our minds on Christ. Where is our focus? Is it on the storm before us or is it on God who is standing with us in the storm? And actually, if we have learned that daily habit of trusting in God, then actually it's a lot easier to trust in Him at these times. If we have learned throughout life just to have that peace that comes from God, even in the midst of storms and troubles, it's going to be much easier for us to have peace now. And I say that because times like this give us an opportunity to do that kind of spiritual health check and say, are there areas of my life that I need to grow in? Are there areas of my life that I need to grow in in terms of my walk with God? God promises us His peace, His peace that surpasses all understanding. And He promises that to all of us, okay? I say that because we all have different personalities. And you can say, that's fine for you, Peter. You're quite a laid-back person anyway. (laughs) No, God's peace is given to us all. And yes, we all respond in different ways, and that's natural, because we all have different personalities. But God's peace is available to each one of us. But it's about resting in Him 
It's about setting our minds on him. And it's about trusting in him. And again, this can be a powerful gospel witness. What about you? Do you know that peace from God? Psalm 46, I jotted that down yesterday as well. Says this, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Maybe you need to hear these words this morning just, just to be reminded again of these truths. Therefore, we will not fear Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen. That's what we're building our lives upon. And so we have this great salvation hope. That's the firm foundation we're building upon. We have this peace that is promised from God for those who keep their mind on him. And then we have a pastoral opportunity with one another. That's the third thing I want to say. There is opportunities in every challenge, okay? I want to think about that, first of all, within our church family, and then we're going to think about it with those out with the church who we come into contact with. Uh, and here we read these words in Matthew 25. It says this, the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. This is a picture, first and foremost, of the church. 
of actually helping one another, being brothers and sisters in Christ to one another. And we have tremendous opportunities at the moment to be church to one another. We've been thinking about this word koinonia and fellowship and sharing everything in common and being there for one another. Now we've got an opportunity to practice it. And some churches are scrambling around and their focus is on podcasts and different things. We might do that, who knows? But actually our focus first and foremost as a church is on pastoral care and being church to one another at this time. And we've got an opportunity to put all those things into practice and to really demonstrate our love for one another at this time. And so I'm committed and the leadership team are committed to say that we're here to serve you. As long as I'm healthy, I'm here to serve you, okay? And actually it's a reciprocal thing. So at some point, some of you are going to have to self-isolate. What we're saying is if that happens, get in touch with us, okay? We want to be in touch with you by the phone. We want to pray for you. And then we want to say, is there any practical needs that you have? And you know what? At this point when church is quieter, if I spend my weeks driving around the city trying to find you toilet roll, that's fine. I will do that for you. I will do that for you. And actually, the lovely thing is that I've had other members of the church phoning me and saying, we recognize people in the church are going to have to self-isolate. We are willing, if we're healthy and well, to actually get involved in delivering shopping to people and helping people out. That just delights my heart because it's the body of Christ working together. So if you get ill, get in touch with us. Make sure we have your contact details because we're here for you. We want to serve you. We want to help you. We'll even look after your children. That's fine. We'll do anything, anything that you need, we're here to do to serve you and to help you. And actually, what we want out of this is that folks look at the church and say, see how they loved one another. That actually will be a witness. And also that it might build relationships between us. My hope is that it will come through this process and actually will be stronger as a church for it. And so that's the first thing. We've got this kind of pastoral response that we want to look out for one another, okay? And then secondly, uh, we read uh, these words in Mark 12. It says this, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. I don't know if you've been watching the news. I don't know if you saw on BBC, uh, both in Siena and in Rome, different parts of Italy. 
Folks who are all quarantined in their homes, have you, have you seen this? How many of you have seen this clip? Yeah, it's fantastic. So you go on BBC, watch this clip. All these folks quarantined in their homes, they're all standing on their balconies right down the street. Different folks are out with accordions. Some have their pots and pans out because they can't play an instrument. They're just making a joyful noise. And they're all singing the national anthem. And they're just rejoicing and celebrating together in the midst of adversity. And it's wonderful. One of the things that we have in society is this kind of radical individualism, isn't it? That we've all been living our lives for ourselves. We put ourselves first. And then things are thrown into crisis and suddenly you start to see communities coming together. And as we want to serve one another, we also have this great gospel opportunity to actually go and to serve those around us. There's this old man called Dennis who wanders by my house every day to go and get his milk and his newspaper. And I've chatted to him a number of times and I know that he's on his own and he doesn't have family. He doesn't live in our street. I'm not sure where he lives. He must live further up in the estate somewhere. But he's on my radar now that I'm actually going to actively, I'm looking out my curtain. I'm one of those twitchers. I'm looking for him as he passes the house so that I can run out and chat to him and say to him, Dennis, I know you're on your own. Here's my phone number. Can I have your address? And if you get ill and if you can't get out of the house, phone me and I'll find someone or I'll do it myself to go and to get you your milk and your paper and anything else you need, looking out for neighbors. And the same with their immediate neighbors. They're younger than me, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to get into trouble. So I'm going to put a note through their door and say, do you know what? If you need anything in the coming days or weeks, just get in touch with me and I'll go and do it for you. And it's just this reminder, isn't it, that we have this missional opportunity. We've got this pastoral opportunity amongst one another. We've also got this missional opportunity to be salt and light and to be God's hands and feet in our community at the moment. And a reminder in this passage that that's at the heart of our faith. Loving God and loving our neighbor is actually more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. We can go through the motions on a Sunday, but here's an opportunity to really live it out. And here's my big prayer, that actually when we come back together after this coronavirus, that actually the church will be bigger. And it'll be bigger because we've been all out there serving our neighbors and our friends, and they've been deeply impacted by that and our faith, that actually they want to come along to the church and to find out more about this community and to find out more about Jesus. So in the coming weeks, it might be that we send you a message saying that church services are cancelled. That doesn't mean that church is cancelled, okay? I think about Jesus sending out the 72 out on this mission trip to kind of start to live out what they've been learning week by week as he's had his kind of Sunday service with them, all right? We sit here week by week, we learn about our faith. If church closes, think of it that you're going out on a mission trip, don't just sit at home and watch the Andrew Marr show and find out what's happening with the latest with the coronavirus. Go out and serve someone in your street, in your community. Think of it that you've been commissioned to go and to be church and to be God's presence where he's placed you. And actually my hope is that something really fruitful can come of that, both in a deepening of our own faith, 
and maybe in others coming to know the Lord as well. All right? Don't fear. Build on Christ. Know his peace. Genuinely, we are here to serve one another. That's why we want your contact details this morning. If you become aware of anyone else in the church who is in need, don't hesitate to get in touch with us. We will do all that we can. And it might be me serving you one week and then I might come down with the coronavirus and you have to come and serve me. That's the body working as it should. And then think about your neighbors, those who live around you. How can you be God's salt and light, hands and feet to them at this time? Why don't we pray together? Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit power that enables us to live this Christian life. And Lord, we pray that at this time that we might truly be ambassadors of Christ, his hands and feet in this world. Lord, if you bless us perhaps with time off work, we pray that we might just start to think about how we can use that. Maybe to bless some people in the church family or to bless some people in our community. Lord, as there is fear and panic around and we understand that natural human emotion and we experience some of it ourselves. And Lord, we pray for that gift of peace that comes from you, that we might know it in our own lives. And we pray for opportunities to share that hope that we have in Jesus, that firm eternal foundation that we are building our lives upon. Lord, we thank you that in times of challenge, often it draws us closer to you. Uh, and we thank you that in times of challenge, there are great opportunities uh, to make known Jesus. And we pray that through the troubles and difficulties that come, we know that you will sustain us and we thank you for that. But we also pray that we might actually come out the other end, celebrating and rejoicing at what you have done in us and through us in a way that will bring glory and honor to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.